podcast listeners. My name is James Baca, the host of the Wire Bang Sucks podcast, inviting you to join us on Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash WireBankSucks to sign up. We ask that you contribute as little as $1 to support the podcast. Your contribution will help keep this podcast alive, keep the lights on, and help us continue to fight for your rights as a consumer. I consider this my passion project. I'm dedicating hundreds of hours per month to fighting for you. So for just $1, you could help me continue the fight. With any contributions over $2, you'll start to receive bonus podcasts. $5 will get you a small merchandise item, and $15 will get you all future books published by yours truly, James Baca, the host of this podcast. We need strength in numbers, so support us on Patreon today. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash WireBankSucks, and thank you so much for being a part of the team. Welcome to the WireBankSucks podcast. My name is James Baca, and I'm here to tell you why your bank does in fact suck very much. You know why your bank sucks very much today? The whole system is down. Bank of America on this October 22nd, 2019 at 10.35 a.m. Mountain Time is experiencing nationwide outages, my friends. Online banking is down. Debit card usage is down for purchases. I can't believe that. ATMs are down in some locations and the customer 1-800-432-1000 phone number is totally down. There's two three-hour waits. There's not even hold music. It is the chaos that I've long predicted even while I was still working at Bank of America. Now I'm whipping up this podcast uninterrupted, unedited, because I wanted to give my initial take on this. So as you know, I, I stopped working at Bank of America a year ago. And what I noticed when I was working at Bank of America inside a branch is I would notice our systems would go out every so often. There would be times where I would be working at one bank and then we would just get a crap ton of people. I'm talking hundreds of people, you know, over the course of the day into our branch. And we're like, what the heck is going on? Yeah, it seems like the Telshore branch, which is across town, um, their systems are down. So apparently they can't open accounts. They can't even do simple deposits. And being as short-staffed as we were, we were overwhelmed. And guess who got negative customer reviews? We did because there were dozens of people that came in and they'd be like, oh, where are all the employees at? They should send the employees from the messed up bank down here to help. And it was always chaos. And this happened at least maybe every 10 days or so. So I would benefit for it because I would open accounts for the people who couldn't open the accounts over there. But at the same time, I'll be like, what the hell is going on that this is like one of the biggest banks in the world and literally their system is down and they're they're afraid to open accounts by paper. It has to be on the computer system or they're not going to do it at all. And that pretty much tells you right then and there that they really don't care about you having an account because if they really, really wanted you, they would do everything that they can to get you, you know, say, okay, we'll fill out this form and then I'll open it after hours and then come back and sign something tomorrow. No, they're saying, like, we can't do it. In fact, we have to lock the doors. And that's what happened all the time. So I've seen outages like this and I've seen how they impacted people. And what I always conveniently thought was it always happened during peak periods because I really believe, and I know this sounds kind of conspiracy theory-ish to me, but I always believe the Bank of America was kind of testing testing out its, you know, its problems. So we would always have our ATMs out the third of the month because they would be overused. The third of the month is the busiest day of the month. We would have, you know, income tax, not income tax people, excuse me, social security people, disability, um, pensions, all those people who come in one time a month and they would take all their money out cash. So the ATMs would be bled dry. 
ATMs would also go really, really slow because there was absolutely, you know, too much use going on. And as Bank of America closed down my branch and only left two ATMs in this town where there used to be seven, I started to notice the two ATMs in town just going so slow. They're over, overworked. And I really do believe that the infrastructure of Bank of America is really rickety. I really do believe that they don't pay attention to those type of things. They don't pay attention to the things that matter the most. You know, I value my security. I value my information being protected. I mean, don't we all? But whenever Bank of America says that their systems are down and you can't even access your own money, that pretty much tells you that we're just all living in a fantasy land, you know, and we're one button away from literally not having any money. Now, I've talked with some amazing people. I've talked to people in the film and TV industry today. I talked to just regular Joes just trying to go to work. They can't put gas. They got declined at McDonald's for breakfast today. They couldn't, you know, they were at the grocery store. They were at a Wawa in Michigan or something, and they, they had their card declined. And they had to leave a basket of groceries there. These are really the things that happen to real people. And Bank of America's outage and the fact that at B of A help on Twitter and the fact that no one is responding on Bank of America's site is amazing to me. Now I was talking to someone about this outage and I had, you know, reference to them. I was like, this is small bank stuff. I've seen little tiny banks just have outages where their debit card system wasn't working and their branch system wasn't working to do withdrawals and they were just having chaos and it led to just this two, three day just epidemic of problems with the bank. Overdrafts are happening and, and of course the banks were making decisions to refund overdrafts. I hope to God that happens with Bank of America here. But with a small bank with maybe 10,000 customers, that's one thing. Bank of America has 66 million customers. Now, I'm of the belief that they don't want any more. I, I believe that if they can trim that customer base in half that they would because I know that they feel that maybe two-thirds of their customers aren't worth their time. I know this because I was told this. But you, you sit and think about it for a second. And you see all the outages. You see all the people complaining. And I've talked to so many new people today. Then you know that... It runs deep, you know. It's just not the same 10 people complaining on Twitter. Everyone is feeling the same thing as as everyone else is, and it's amazing to me. Now I'm looking at an outage map of downdetector.com, and it looks like Bank of America has caused the United States to have rosacea. We literally have red splotches of outages all across the nation, and it's ridiculous. It, it's It's something that, you know... A bird can fly into a power line, kill itself, and have a million people lose power. That's what I feel this is now. There's literally one event that probably happened, and now 66 million people, or at least a good chunk of them, are going to have their days impacted by this. Now, Bank of America is worth $248 billion market cap. They made $5.7 billion last quarter, $7.3 billion the quarter before that. They have money. They choose not to spend money, though. You know, at the same time where they're um, announcing a $20 um, an hour minimum wage for their employees, they're laying off and firing a bunch of people, myself included. You know, 204,000 employees and something like this happens. I mean, you literally have a small city employed by Bank of America. And the basics, a debit card to me is the most basic thing in the world, and it's not working. That to me is scary stuff. The reason why I created Why Your Bank Sucks and if you're listening to me for the first time, welcome. 
was not out of spite for losing my job. It, it really wasn't. I, I didn't do this podcast right away because I wanted to believe that the reason I'm doing this podcast was to help people. And it wasn't for, hey, they fired me, so I'm going to talk all kinds of crap about them. No, it's not about that. But I started this podcast because I knew things like this could happen. I knew things like this can can occur. And yeah, Twitter is down sometimes, and Facebook is down, and Instagram is down, and the whole world is just going crazy. Yeah, inevitably, Bank of America is going to be down. I know Wells Fargo has been down a couple of times since I started this podcast. But th- these are the best and brightest that supposedly work for us and hold our money, so it shouldn't happen. You know, we do live in a social media age where we complain about everything. I, Lord knows I make my money off of people complaining. But it shouldn't be. In a perfect world, my podcast shouldn't exist because there really should be a strong infrastructure with Bank of America. But I know there's not. Whenever in tiny Las Cruces, New Mexico, I'm overrun with over 100 customers in my branch when we, we would normally have 20 because one branch's computer system just doesn't work. That's telling me something. That's saying, hey, Bank of America, you know, you have all this money. Why don't you invest it on the things that matter the most? Our computers ran Windows XP at Bank of America, for God's sakes. I, I recorded this podcast on a computer that has Windows 7, and I got a pop-up a couple of weeks ago that says, hey, you got to change um, your Windows experience, otherwise we're not going to support Windows 7 anymore. Windows XP was around when I was in high school in 2001. I, these are things that are ridiculous to me. I I can't tell you how how hard it is to get them to even buy pens, much less to buy a new computer screen whenever you're working at a bank branch. So I know when you think of the servers and you think of all the things that protect our money, that protect our assets and our livelihood, you know damn well Bank of America is not spending that money. CEO Brian Moynihan made $26.5 million last year, guys, and he probably made $20 million before that and $20 million before that. It was his 60th birthday on Saturday, by the way. So happy birthday, Brian Moynihan. What a gift Bank of America has given you today with this horrible just mess. Now, when this happened a couple of hours ago, I was donating plasma because I donate plasma on Tuesdays and Thursdays because Bank of America fired me, and that's how I pay for groceries and gas. It's it's um, horrible that I have to do that, but the people are nice, and I make a good chunk of money just laying there and helping people on Twitter. So once I started to see B of A help just blow up with your systems are down, your servers are down, I knew today was going to be an interesting day. And I got to tell you, I've had over 40,000 Twitter impressions in the time I had a needle stuck in my arm. I was tweeting with my left hand. I was becoming ambidextrous, or as a former baseball player said, I'm I'm becoming amphibious um, in helping people on Twitter today because I noticed that this was an important thing. Now, Bank of America is going to come out with a statement in an hour or two saying we apologize about the inconvenience. Well, what the hell does that even mean? Yeah, we apologize for inconvenience. I apologize to the people that I've talked to who have been impacted by Bank of America about the inconvenience because I wish I would have done this podcast years ago. I feel responsible because I've been talking about these things internally for years and and they're happening now. You know, these systems are not made for modern day issues. Bank of America's bank systems were made for the old school way of banking. And even though they want to do Zelle, even though they want to do mobile deposit, even though they want to do ATM deposits, they're not really investing in those things that 
will make them even stronger. If they really put their effort on Zell and put security features in there, if they really came out with these awesome ATMs that can hold a million dollars, have faster computer processors, and got things done, and then freaking beep at the sound of every button that you touch, just setting off an alarm for robbers everywhere, I would believe in Bank of America a hell of a lot more. But I don't, because I see how slow the ATMs go. I know Zal is ripe with fraud. And I know mobile deposit. And here's here's a theory that I was going to talk about in another podcast. I've, I've heard reports that people can't make mobile deposits of checks, saying that their camera is too blurry or they can't read the check. We have the best freaking phones. Did you see the iPhone 11 with, you know, three cameras and they're all 12 megapixels? The most clearest photos that you've ever seen. I've seen some of these pictures on Facebook. And you you mean to tell me that this iPhone 11 that costs $1,300 can't take a picture of a piece of paper that's written clear as day in black ink? I really believe that their mobile app declines checks being deposited because they don't want to have to deal with the holds. They don't want to have to deal with dealing with paper at all times. I really believe these things, guys. And I got to tell you, the more that I see these issues happen, the more I believe that Bank of America is not on your side. I've said it before. Bank of America is not for the working class person. It's not for the lower class person. It is for what they call preferred rewards and up 20,000 or more in an account, then you'll start to see kind of a little bit better service. But in reality, if you really look hard, you're going to find a better deal out there. I'm a coupon clipper. I've been a coupon clipper my whole life, especially now that I don't have a job. And I got to tell you, if you're willing to spend the extra five minutes to go to another grocery store to buy a chicken breast there instead of another grocery store, you're going to save two, three dollars, maybe a trip. And then over the course of 52 weeks, $100. Over the course of 10 years, $1,000. You save money by actually doing the work. Bank of America banks, no pun intended, on you not caring. On you saying, well, I got an overdraft. It was my fault. Uh, On you saying, wow, a $12 fee. Man, those guys are bloodsuckers. But my direct deposits with them. Whenever you have all your eggs in one basket with a bank, this is what happens. Because the system is down. And now everyone who has all their money in one place has no access to it. Now, if you're listening to me for the first time and you hear the tone of my voice and you see how confident I am, I really do believe what I say. I really do believe that these things are important. And, you know, I get nine to 10,000 listeners every podcast. My Twitter impressions have blown up recently, guys. I mean, I've, I get 2 million Twitter impressions a month and I have just under 1,500 followers. So I know whenever a bad situation happens with people in a bank, I know that I'm going to be there to help them out. And I know that I'm going to either get a follower for life or I'm going to get someone who knows how to escalate to me. And all the years that I worked at Bank of America, I paid attention to my training and I know how to help people. And I don't mind doing that still. In a situation like this, I can't help people though because Bank of America's system being down is just proof positive that what I always felt was true. That their systems are out of date and inequipped for today's modern problems, though they like to fancy themselves a technology company. And I heard Jim Cramer on CNBC talk about that. I've heard Brian Moynihan of Bank of America talk about that. We're a tech company. Well, what the hell kind of freaking tech company has an outage on one of the most basic things in banking, the debit card? Like literally, it's the simplest thing that you do and it's not working right now. And there are hundreds, if not thousands of people on Twitter. And I'm going to wrap up this podcast really, really soon here. It's going to be a quick podcast. I'll go in deeper 
on another podcast later in the week, but there's hundreds if not thousands of people on Twitter, which means there's probably tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of people that have had their days impacted, that they've had to put their groceries away, that they've had to leave their food at the restaurant, that they've had to leave with that shame of what the hell did I do and what the hell is going on with my account. You have all those people that are dealing with that right now, and you have Bank of America who's going to say, we apologize about the inconvenience. Don't apologize. Get it done. If you know A true boss will say, don't say sorry, just get it right. Bank of America has these outages locally sometimes. Sometimes the ATMs are down during busy periods. Sometimes your customer service, the first of the month on the phone, is an hour or two long. Well, we're in the middle of a Tuesday in the off-peak week, whenever not a lot of people are getting paid. And all hell is broken loose, guys. Uh, why Your Bank Sucks is here to help you understand why problems happen. I wanted to share this information with you and just kind of a running commentary about what's going on as everything's going on because um, I got to tell you, I feel this is going to be an interesting day. I'm going to order some food in and I'm just going to be tweeting all day. So it's going to be really interesting. So I have that podcast uh, in full detail coming up. I also want to talk about the Bank of America survey that listed one in six millennials having $100,000 and why I believe that's a load of crap. If you ever have any customer issues or concerns, you can call our voicemail line 575-322-4127 at BankScrewedUs on Twitter. Uh, BankScrewedUs.com is our new URL for our Why Your Bank Sucks podcast website. Um, this is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you consume your podcasts. I am a 13-year veteran of Bank of America. I was a former manager there. I was a former banker. And I was a former bank teller in college. I've seen Bank of America evolve from, you know, humongous, unstoppable corporation to too big to fail to back up again. I've been there for the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. I've been there to see myself get promoted to a manager spot. And I got fired for $4.95 allegedly um, because Bank of America was cutting back in my region and they found a reason to fire me. I've lived everything Bank of America since I was 22 years old and I'm 36 now, guys. I, I love that place. I love my customers. I don't love what they're doing here now. So this podcast is dedicated to pointing out those issues and Wells Fargo, Chase, and all the bigger banks as well. Smaller banks I give a pass to because honestly, smaller banks... You know, it's all about the effort and it's all about the will and determination to help people. And I really do think that they do that. The bigger banks, though, not whatsoever. I was told that I was too caring as a banker. I was told that I talked too much. I was told that I took too much of an interest in my customers. As a banker, you're supposed to. That's how you find money. That's how you find new sales. So I'm, I'm tired of them, and I'm going to do this podcast until the day I die because I really do believe it's important stuff, and I really do believe that the public has the right to know a lot of the things that are going on there. But as for now, I'm going to wrap up this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you just caught this on one of the tweets that I have left you, I, I'm going to be doing this incessantly because I really do believe it's important stuff. And if you ever have any questions, find me on Twitter. I'd be happy to answer them. I'm usually awake from the hours of 6 o'clock in the morning to 2 o'clock in the morning mountain time every single day. So that's 8 Eastern to 4, 8 in the morning Eastern to 4 a.m. Eastern every single day, guys. And then on the West Coast, 5 in the morning until 1 in the morning. I do 20 hours a day. I'm on my phone all the time. I charge it three times. I'm on my computer. I do the podcast. I do 
tweeting. I, I help people rescue money. That's another thing too. If you have any issues with money being gone or any fees being charged as a result of this, let me know. I'll show you how to escalate them to the, the highest of highs and you'll get your money back. Why Your Bank Sucks, this podcast, and what we call our Vigilante Customer Service has rescued over $200,000 since April 1st in fees, check holds, fraud claims, all these things because Bank of America does not give a you-know-what about you. I do. I'm putting my name out there because I believe that I'm a better banker than all of them put together. Um, So once again, thank you so much for listening, and I will be back really, really soon. Find me on Twitter. It's going to be an interesting couple of days, guys. My name is James Baca, and I just told you why your bank, which is Bank of America today, sucks. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you again soon. Attention potential sponsors, my name is James Baca and I'm the host of the Wire Bank Sucks podcast. We are actively seeking great sponsors to join in on the podcast that has the financial world and its customers talking. Wire Bank Sucks is a consumer advocacy podcast that has a no-holds-barred attitude in discussing financial matters in frank detail. We have a motivated fan base who is informed about their finances and ready to spend with your company. Wire Bank Sucks now has just under 10,000 plays per episode on average as of September 15th of this year with plenty of room to grow. Our Twitter handle at BankScrewedUs has an insane 1,300% growth since the beginning of the year with roughly 1 million impressions per month and about 10,000 profile views per month. We are seeking sponsors to fill ad spots within the podcast as well as pinned tweet sponsorship and sponsored posts. Our ad rates are reasonable and are very competitive with some starting as low as $100 per spot. If you think you would make a great partner, contact yours truly, James Baca at 575-322-4127 or james at wirebanksucks.com today. And you know what? I can't wait to do business with you.